2: He e nā
0: te reo irirangi o Hi, I'm depressed alcoholic comedian James Nokise. A couple of years ago, I had a mental health breakdown which resulted in panic attacks on international flights, stepping in front of an oncoming bus, and eventually showering so long that I began to get a little bit hungry. And that's when I discovered something magnificent. Through the magic of takeaways and running water, it turns out my mental health safe space is eating fried chicken in the shower. And that's how we've ended up here, a mental health podcast on headspace and happiness. This is a special episode co-produced with Pacific Media Network on Pacific men's mental health in New Zealand. I'm chatting to three of TATMILF's finest, New FM breakfast host, Henry Hohenberger, musician Church of Church and AP, and creator of Brotown and driver of Bentleys, Oscar Kitely. We're talking generational trauma.
1: It's terrible when you're a little kid and you're prone to some adult
3: prejudices. Oh. And that has, some inf- <laughs> that has some impact. Generational wisdom, every morning I wake up and I tell myself I'm the sexiest person that ever lived. Yeah. And that's how I get my day started and generational television. There's like a specific genre of
2: white comedy, like John Cusack, like, yeah. like, it was just so chill. Like every time
0: I look at that, I'm like, bro, pre 9 was crazy. Some of this will get a bit real, the language, the subjects. So make sure that you're in a safe space with your comfort food. And join us eating fried chicken in the shower. Hi, and welcome to Eating Fried Chicken in the Shower, a mental health podcast with me, James Nokise. And today, uh, I am joined uh, by uh, three men who have only really just met each other. We're having a a special conversation about Pacific men's mental health. Uh, We've got uh, Henry from... uh New, is it new fresh food? breakfast? The old fresh breakfast, new food. All fresh break- Oh, yep. man, you did that like yeah. a pro. The old fresh breakfast, <laughs> new food. Get paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we got Church from Church and AP. Yes. Uh, and we've got Oscar from Ancient Times Past. Yeah, <laughs> the golden days. Uh, oh, well, playwright, presenter, yeah. just yeah. Uh, screenwriter. Legender. Legend. Legend, oh. actually. Well, yeah, Pacific mm. Arts legend. Mm. Um and we're all, I've just realized, uh, rocking a different decade um, because, uh, Church, uh, you're 20. Mm-hmm. Is that right? And yep. Henry, you're 30. 30, yep. I am uncomfortably close to 40. Uh, and Oscar, and you, tipped you've tipped the edge. You've uh, tipped the edge just 51. over 50. So I want to start by saying thank you for joining uh, me today. Why we're eating chicken in the shower is a couple of years ago, uh, I had a mental breakdown. Uh, which led to a a suicide attempt, Uh, the second one. So it was familiar ground. And um, I ended up in my recovery at my mate's place eating KFC. Mm. Um, And I said, I'm going to go take a a shower, Um, but I'm still a bit hungry. He was like, take the popcorn chicken. And so I found myself eating popcorn chicken uh, in the shower. And he was like, how are you feeling? I was like, It feels real good. And it just became my whole thing for my stay at his place was eating fried chicken in the shower. And it helped. And it helped. And oh, so it became like my mental health safe space. So that's why the show's got its name and that's what it's called. And, um, and it's also a proof that even a mental health breakdown can lead to an economically viable <laughs> situation. <laughs> all uh, parties, man. All parties, man. Wow. Right? And now while I was growing up uh, as an Afakasi um, Samoan in New Zealand. I think mean, one of the big questions I have when I thought about the Pacific community and Oscar, maybe we've talked about this way in the past, was a feeling of... um, The two two questions for me as a teenager were, do I belong? Mm. And um, am I worthy? And I'm wondering, since we all have different age groups, for you guys, when you were teenagers, Mm. um, what's the uh, question that maybe came to you when you thought of the Pacific community?
3: I... um Personally, I am half Samoan, half Maori. Mm-hmm. So as a teenager, I never really understood how to fit in. Mm. So I think subconsciously, I ended up just saying I'm a New Zealander yeah. because you know, being Afrikaans, you're never Samoan enough for the Samoans, but you're never Maori enough for the Maoris. Yeah. So I think subconsciously, I just ran around and said I was a New Zealander to avoid mm. the conversation completely.
0: Yeah.
3: So I don't know how, as a as a teenager, I was able to fit in. I don't. I just think in general I don't fit in anywhere. Yeah. Just because I don't think I'm a typical Pacific male. What do you mean by that, Um, I think there's this, a. I don't know how to say it correctly, but there's a, a staunchness I feel like a lot of Pacific males mm. are supposed to have. Yeah. Whereas I am very animated when I talk. I talk too much, I talk too loud, I talk too fast. Yeah. And I feel like it was too much for me to fit in with, I guess, the, the stereotypes, if you want to call it that, of what a Pacific male should be.
2: Mm-hmm. I understand you, like, talking about those archetypes. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's Samoan uncle is the same. You Mm -hmm. know, like, there's a definite uh, type. Mm. And I think growing up, I think what I used to ask myself was, like, what qualifies my culture? Mm -hmm. Is it the colour of my skin? Because, you know, that should make me Samoan. But Mm -hmm. um, I remember when I was about eight... My family moved to Samoa, and we stayed there for some time, and I was like, I don't think it's, like, mm. it's not the colour of my skin, because everyone thinks I'm Balangi. Right. L- wow. like, yeah, like, when I got there, the way I became mates with everyone is I just used to say, like, swear words in Samoan. That's <laughs> yeah. The only thing I knew, yeah. I couldn't yeah. speak the language. Yeah, it must
1: have been funny going from
2: being the, one thing, and then... Yeah, because, yeah, here, growing up, you're, like, the Samoan guy, like, yeah. you know, and everyone's like, oh... You're like, yeah. "Yeah." And you have Samoan Mm. mates that are like all growing up. Mm. And then when you move over, it's like, nah, bro. And Mm. you're like this Kiwi guy. Yeah. And I think that's a very uh, jarring situation to be in. And I think it's more commonplace in New Zealand because, you know, a lot of us feel uh, displaced in some some way. Mm. You know, like uh, I know most people that met me Especially in high school, would always be like, <gasps> "You speak so well."
0: <laughs> uh, it's kind of like funny and heartbreaking because you yeah. were just in high school a couple of years ago, and yeah. I remember like hearing that. Like, and, and still, I still, it's yeah, still, yeah, yeah. yeah it's
2: still, always people are like, "Oh man, like your English is really good. Cool. Like, man, like you're such a good speak, but like I know what you're really saying." People still say that. Still. Wow. Still. They used to say that,
1: and um, I mean, back in my. In your olden days, <laughs> there was so much racism around. Mm. You were just dealing with that. Mm. You almost didn't have the time to have emo problems like yeah. other teenagers. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you were just dealing with watching your parents getting treated a certain way, mm. watching your family being treated a certain way, watching people behave differently around you mm-hmm. because you were a certain way. Mm. So a lot of those questions we didn't resolve until with without... With until we had alcohol and that later in life, mm. a lot of those questions they tend to be ones that you can confront more as an adult, as a teenager. Mm. I just remember in the era that I was a schoolboy, there was so much racism, it was like mm. the water that a fish, fish swims in.
0: Because, mm-hmm. Oscar, you're a teenager <coughs> in the 80s, in the 80s, mm-hmm. so like, great music o- officially, officially post Dawn Raids, and un- unofficially, yeah, you know, the um. The police powers of of stop and but
1: search. they were still ass- they were still assholes. Yeah, they didn't. It wasn't just the dawn raids. Mm. You know, it was police pulling over just a central bag. Mm. You know, it was. That happened to you. Yeah, yeah. That was that happened. Yeah, bro, that happened to me <laughs> in the nineties. It's teachers talking to you different. It's uh, the guidance counsellor t- talking, t- telling you different aspirations. Mm. When you go and seek advice as a young person ready to take on the world, mm. and then suddenly you have a chat and then you're reminded, oh, that's right. People have certain expectations of people that
0: mm. look like me or whatever. Mm. Can you speak to what that does to you, that negative reinforcement?
1: Oh, yeah, it's pretty, it's, I mean, it's all part of the conditioning, you know, that society mm. and culture mm. demands of us. Mm. Um, And it affects us all differently, and we all cope with it differently. Some work with humour, some work with alcohol, some work with violence, Mm. some work with music. Mm. (laughs) You know, it's all different ways of kind of working that stuff out.
2: Yeah. If I was to add something, I would say, like, growing up, I was never phased if a white person, like, you know, was racist Mm. towards me or anything. Mm. But I I think it would hurt me most if it was one of us, you know? Mm. Right. A lot of us have been conditioned over the years. I don't know what, you know, histories, you know, the elders have gone through. But Mm. I definitely know growing up, there were like certain figures like within my school Mm. that like I thought I could get advice from. And like uh, it just wasn't there. They were too conditioned to believe that, yeah, we weren't going to succeed. We used to have Pacific Island assemblies in high school. And they'd just sit there for 40 minutes and tell us how we were failing. Oh, and be what? like, yeah, oh, uh, wow. so guys, are you, you serious? Yeah, and they'll just be like, Look, guys. Well, that's you what are I mean. It doesn't succeeding. have to be white people you're failing. being, no, being yeah. racist. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an assembly. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> it's the
1: conditioning,
2: you know. and you're conditioning. And I'm like here at like 14, and this lady is just going off at how we're all failing, and we all need to do better, white and lady. how it looks bad. No, brown lady. A brown lady. Really? And she's saying it looks bad on us. Yeah, and she's saying well, it she looks say bad on us. she's saying it in us. an ashamed way. Yeah, like, like it, it looks you're bad on us. Yeah, and then like so, and then when I'm a naive, like, you know, 15 year old, I remember one time in class, I was like, well, white people have no culture. Mm. And I was like, you know, very uh, argumentative and mm. uh, all of those things. And they sent me to the office and the Pacific liaison wanted to suspend me. What? And I was really? like, you know, really? like, yeah, and I'm like a, I'm like a kid that obviously, mm. you know, needs some help and in, in trying to ago. communicate my feelings. Mm. Uh, but no, 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 this was like only a couple of years ago. And they were like, what do you know about colonization? What do you, and I was like, what? what do you mean it wasn't good like you know yeah. like i didn't have to know a lot to know that there's a pain that we feel as a people that i was trying to express mm. i don't think i did the best job of it but i was like 15 yeah so there when there were no support systems mm. and so going up against that like any time i would try to open my mouth after that it was like well i'm gonna this is gonna be a, a an
3: uphill battle yeah i may as well just well, are those experiences the fuel as to. Sorry, I'm asking the questions. That's that, just the fuel in me. That's fine. But is they, that, those experiences the fuel as to why you're so successful now? Or that doesn't play in your mind at all?
1: I uh, think we would have been successful without that. Regardless. Yeah, like. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> it's
3: yeah. like
1: uh,
2: I, I think, well. like, I definitely uh, mm. have a certain chip on my shoulder that uh, I do things out of spite mm. to prove people wrong. Mm. Um, like, my school never believed. Um, I went to a school up the road, um, but they they never believed in our music. Mm. They said that rap wasn't a real genre. That I I couldn't get it uh, endorsed for NCA. How how so, do you
0: say rap is not a real genre in the twenty first century? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, that, so yeah. get
2: this, get this. I remember a time where there were
1: actual radio stations, and their slogan was "No rap, no crap." I remember oh,
0: that. I remember like, that. No, like <laughs> no, yeah. no shit. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And then Run yeah. DMC came out, and everyone went, yeah. "What?" You're so, mm. yeah. yeah, like mm. it
2: was it was ridiculous, but those were some things that you know, you just have to ignore and be like, Well, I understand that there's a world out there that's way bigger than the school. Uh I just need to find my people, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. Did your mental health how
1: was your mental health through this process?
2: I think mine was mine was always steady because I was I think I had an insight, a maturity that other poly didn't have mm. right. i knew high school wasn't shit mm. let's see what people are doing after high school mm. so i don't need to be popular right now like mm. let's just check check on me in in three years after yeah. high school and we'll see yeah, wow. you know so i was never uh bothered about what was going on i was always in my own head and plus i had the internet you know like we're like the first generation to really have the internet mm-hmm. so I was always online, like how can I learn things, and you know, that kind of hunger to learn and Mm. get better at your craft, like you can ignore a lot of things like that. But it wasn't the same for a lot of other people, like a lot of
0: my mates. Eating fried chicken in the shower, it's a generational serving. I'm going to open some chicken. Because uh, no, I'm hungry, and that is the point of the show as well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Oscar, you don't you don't have to eat because uh, you ate beforehand. Yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, oh, yeah. it's no, no. I am wearing glasses because I have an eye injury. So what have we got here? I think no, you're just, just wearing well. glasses because you're cool. Like, after uh, people probably don't know, but in Pacific culture, <laughs> after a certain age, you just wear glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, when great. you reach uncle status. Uncle status, I think, absolutely. Um, I think
1: glasses are cool and expected, in fact.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They see they see you walk in wearing sunglasses on, they're like, he must be an uncle. Um, this is Karachi chickens, my nice. choice. I have
2: a question, though. Oscar, you're yeah. from Tad a. Yes. Me too. So am I. What? Mm-hmm. North? Yep. Well, that's all about Why are you the avenue? Why? What? I'm on Beach Road. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. You know what? what? That's awesome. One day, because my, my sister went to Rutherford mm. yeah, and started my brother, but... One day, my mum brought me back a piece of paper because uh, my favorite film at the time was Sioni's 2. Me. Oh, me? I was an extra in that movie, just beat the dog. So, was my, so was my brother. <laughs> so it was, I used to watch it over that summer holiday, like every single day. Mm. And um, one day, my mum brought me a little piece of paper that said, Hey, Elijah, you're the man or whatever, mm. uh, love Oscar. And I was like, man, this is really cool. Like, really? This guy's the man. He's from TAT. So <laughs> i say all this to say, I've always uh, considered uh, Oscar to be the um, the person I have to beat in
3: TAT. Mm.
0: That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool.
3: Wow. I'll tell you what I also have That's a awesome. story about you, Oscar. Yeah. Oh, no. I was a little kid and I used to see I don't know why you were coming down my street, but I would sit uh oh, up, yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. yeah. I would sit on my <laughs> fence and I was like, Who is this bald man that's driving this Bentley? <laughs> I would <laughs> sit on my and all I, I remember things is I don't know who he is, I don't know what he does. But I want to drive a Bentley.
0: <laughs> man, I, I remember Oscar picking me up for lunch one time when I was in Grey Lynn at my girlfriend's place and you gave me a test like, yo, we're going to Ponsonby Food Court. Yeah. And you rolled, I didn't, I'd never seen your car. And you rolled up into Bentley and I was <laughs> like, yo, this man knows what to do.
2: Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's funny because that became actually... Since we since we've turned this into an episode of Oscar, this is your (laughs) (laughs) life. No, no. no. It's. um, Do you feel the responsibility, Oscar? Like for I do. You know, we've we've had a little bit of a conversation over the years about this stuff, but
1: unfortunately, we all have that responsibility. Mm. Unfortunately, we can't just be broadcasters, artists, Mm. uh, you know, rappers, musicians, actors, writers. We have to also be mentors. We have to also be community advocates.
3: Mm -hmm. We have to also.
1: (laughs) Yeah. try and help our people's mental health mm. and that's part of the burden that somehow put on us mm. um, but i do feel that and i used to really struggle with it but i do feel it and that's why sometimes i do assert myself in spaces that i think we belong and we were not represented enough mm. like driving mercs mm. or those <laughs> <most> restaurants <laughs> and, or well you know i don't feel like there's any place i don't belong because mm. I felt like that as a kid, mm. I yeah. sometimes thought, ah, oh, that's for flash people,
0: yes. that's for oh, white absolutely. people. Yeah. Mm.
1: You know, so now as an adult, I really go out of my way to just treat the whole city as my village mm.
0: and the whole world as my playground. But for both of you, um, for Oscar and Emery, like, like, are there people when you were in church's position that were like, able to give you support or like, tell you, no, keep going that way?
1: At every step, there was always important people that were just there. Like the teacher at Rutherford that applied for a cadetship for me, you know. The day they were due, he said, did you apply for that thing? I was like, nah. <laughs> you know, which was, my, which was my attitude back then, nah. He put it all together for me, applied it, drove me into town, handed it in by five. Wow. I got the job. That I became a newspaper reporter and then, you know, went on and on and on. So at every step there's been important people, like Mm. the teacher at Maripo, that believed in me and Mm. stopped being mean. Um, But it is like, um, like what Elijah says, it's you decide,
3: Mm.
1: you know, yeah, yeah, there are voices around you at all times, but you decide which of those, you know, means something at that moment, but don't hang on to that stuff, Mm. you know. You should be flowing all the time, deciding yeah. all the time, taking in all the input, you know, at all times, not mm. trying to live up to an ideal that you heard eight years ago. <laughs> or to, mm. You know, it's, you're always present, you're always constant, you're always alive. Yeah. And people say stuff, but it's all part of the noise. Mm. Ultimately, it's you, you know, and actually mm. it's inside. Mm. You know, you've got to look within at those times.
3: Yeah. But I guess I'll, just on the back end of that, um, I, like Oscar, had teachers at Rutherford who really championed me to to not just be another statistic and to fall into what I guess everyone else in my year was falling into. But nobody cheered me on as much as I cheered myself. Mm. Yeah, fact. Like, Never. Yeah, for me, I think I'm the greatest thing that ever walked. Mm. And I have to constantly remind myself, because it, it may not be true, I don't care if you don't believe it, but I'm going to believe it. Yeah, yeah. And for me, that is... The biggest driving factor for me is every morning I wake up and I tell myself I'm the sexiest person that ever lived, yeah. and that's how I get my day started. Yeah. So Muhammad Ali stuff. I have to, otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> like also kid, there's other people that just fall into the noise, and you end up starting to believe what everyone else is saying. Yeah. Mm. Becomes internal. Yeah. Mm. So I remind myself, and like, nobody's gonna support me if I don't support myself. Like nobody's gonna care what I have to say if I don't care mm. what I have to say. So that's my biggest thing is I champion myself every day to my detriment sometimes the people in the office are sick of hearing it but yeah i don't care what they have to say yeah
2: yeah Yeah. i think i learned that a bit later i learned that once i got to high school my best friend he's this white guy he's a genius like Mm. does a law and engineering degree like he's always been the smartest guy in class Mm. but me and him like we're pretty similar but he would always uh if a teacher was saying something that was wrong Mm -hmm. he would just speak up and be like, yo, yo, this is up, This is off. Mm. And I used to watch him and be like, yeah, he is, but why are we like, I felt like, <laughs> you know, at all times I have to be subservient. Yeah, yeah. And then I learned like, well, you know, right is right, wrong is wrong. Like, mm. you know, if you truly believe in something, you can speak up on it. But it wasn't until I saw white people doing it
0: that mm. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I, can, I can do this. What's that saying? Carry yourself with the confidence of a mediocre white man. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> that's, I was like, I was like, holy shit! Like, it was really new for me, mm. and I was, and I think I, I gained a lot of confidence once I realized that. Like, although the playing field may not seem equal, mm. like, you can treat it as if it is, and continue. Like, don't ever uh, behave as if it's not, because mm. in reality, it is, despite what anybody else says. I and mean, you know, we get we all start on different paths, but once you get to a certain age, like, and you understand.
1: With that attitude, I really see you, like, beating me in turtles. <laughs> I, <hope laughs> <so.
0: Respectfully,
2: laughs> I hope so. Respectfully, I hope so.
0: It's interesting as well, because you guys are like, have clearly had teachers who supported you uh-huh. at the same high school, yeah. But, yeah. but also teachers who have shat on you yeah. at the same high school. Really, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. really uh-huh.
2: bad. It's polarizing, like, you never know. As, as a school kid like what you're gonna get in the, in a day like
1: it's terrible when you're a little kid and you're prone to some adult prejudices mm-hmm. and that has some, inf- that has some yeah. impact yeah. that yeah. extends beyond into your adult life and if you can just look back and go that was just some asshole yeah. being like an asshole it didn't have to be an asshole yeah. in that moment yeah. but it, that sort of shit just uh, stays with you and it shouldn't yeah. and you've gotta somehow find ways to let all that go
3: cause it is you know the past i had a teacher at that school call me a double statistic because i was maori and Samoan, and that i would amount to nothing wow twice Twice.
1: but see but see that's an example of that you know it's like someone just being a Mm dickhead. yeah Mm -hmm. and and because there's so much uh that comes with like we don't ask for this treatment that is different Mm -hmm. because we're brown it's Mm -hmm. just it just is Mm -hmm. yeah and we have to somehow learn it and we yeah. have to, oh, you're being like that because of this. Oh, you're prejudiced, you're stu- Oh, I see. And then before you even get to just being yourself.
0: Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. you've got
1: to learn all that and then
0: unlearn it yeah. in a mm-hmm. way. Well, Oscar, you grew up in a real political time. Like, uh, you know, it's, uh, dorm, dorm rates were rounding off, but the, um, you know, the. I and mean, even the uh, music of uh, the shocks. time, you know, like- yeah. But then you had like Bastion Point as well. Mm-hmm. You had, you know nuclear testing and, and Elijah you've grown up in an incredibly politicised time
2: yeah, for as sure. well mm.
0: I feel like we got a reprieve in the 90s
2: I always tell anyone that was living in the 90s how well you had it off like literally the world <laughs> yeah. was so chill <clears throat>
1: they were like it was Tivin new Campbell happened yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah and then yeah, towards think, like the, like, the back we were discussing this the other day he was like Kevin Campbell that was like peak America <laughs> oh, the Kevin Campbell era yeah
2: like yeah. he just wanted to talk
1: mm. for a minute yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> like there was so much fresh happened. prints all that fresh stuff, prints man. and oh. then like towards the late 90s you had like mm. all of all of those um there's like a specific genre of white comedy like john cusack like yeah like mm. it was just so chill like every time i look at that i'm like bruh, mm-hmm. free 9-11 was crazy
0: um, we've talked a bit well a lot about like um community and, mm. and upbringing i want to talk a little bit about trauma guys mm. um I mentioned before that uh, you know, I've had two suicide attempts, survived those um, by dumb luck. Uh, and the reason I speak about it publicly is because when I was growing up, um, it was quite prevalent in uh, Māori and Pacific youth, uh, in the hut and in Newtown back in, in Wali. Uh, lost a couple of friends to it, almost lost a couple more. And I didn't realize that the ratio for Pacific Maori Mm. people was so high. I thought that was just normal. And then um, you talk to other communities, you share those stories and you hear it's more. There was a study that came out this year very recently that showed that um, Pacific youth at the moment, one in three um, are having suicidal thoughts. So I just want to put that, I want to table that. um, And again, just ask all of you, you know, um, what does that say to you? think, but
2: yeah, that was like you were saying. You're almost conditioned to think that it's normal. Mm. Growing up, uh, once I had little things, and I know, was, every winter somebody mm. would kill themselves or you know commit suicide, um, and I would be like, why is this happening? Like, you know, like mm. is this just? I honestly, like, I was a child. I thought it was a seasonal thing. Like, mm. I was like, what is going on? I'm like, you know, seven or eight. And yeah, like one of my brother's mates would pass away or one of my sister's mates would pass away. Or like, high, and this is these are young people, mm. high school age.
0: Mm.
2: And so yeah, that was always something that I thought was regular. And now
3: I think about it now, I'm like, it's a, uh, can I ask you a question? And feel free not to answer and tell me to shut up. But no. you said that you attempted suicide twice.
0: Mm.
3: Can I ask what's going through your head at that point in time?
0: You can. Yep, yeah, that's fine. I've talked about it um, a, a lot and had enough time. Mm. Uh, One's only a few years ago. Um, w- they were both different. Yeah. One, one uh, was pain and the other was burnout. Um, so the, the first time involved cutting. And it uh, was uh, feeling like the best option. Like you were a burden that yeah. you were. Yeah. Um, I was. I was causing pain by my existence. Mm. Uh, and so, the, by ending my existence, I would um, make people happier. Even after the grief. Once the grief was gone they would their lives would be improved by the absence of me Mm. the second one uh was a complete burnout where i I walked in front of a bus uh, in london on the way back to new zealand (laughs) which made my flight very interesting Mm. and um and that that was my brain just so exhausted and so numb Mm. and knowing there was so much work coming and going i I, there was just a tap out it was like all right world fair enough you've you won. I, I thought I could I could fight against the door and, and punch my way out of it. And I couldn't. And I, I think realizing that both of them were different was actually very important for me mm. um, because it, it, it's something I keep an eye on now because, um, you know, that it's it's not just cutting, it's not just walking. Yeah. It's it's the ending and, and what triggers that. Mm. And it made me the second one, especially made me very conscious of going, oh, shit i thought i I thought I was over this yeah you know because it, it, it had been ten years since the last yeah. one, and now I'm much more respectful of my mental health mm-hmm. and and red flags and and having boundaries in them hmm.
3: are these premeditated or is it sort of off the cuff sort of emotions uh, off the cuff
0: yeah. in in the moment I have friends who have uh had very premeditated and um uh that's in some ways i i think even more mm. painful um I don't want to negate anyone's experience right. but as as a as a friend seeing someone do a premeditated one and the thought and the planning and I can relate mm. to that um again but uh, my mine, mine were very uh in in the moments the first one was after a very heavy drug and alcohol fueled right. bender in isolation so it was a an almost, in my mind, natural conclusion mm. to to something I was driving myself towards. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. It's just, I mean, like you were saying, it's just so common, and mm. it's always has been, and mm. we did always just I think it was normal, that yeah. mm. it's so common, we all have, we all know people, mm. we all, all every, all, I'm sure each one of us is touched by an experience of that, and I'm just wandering off in my head, just thinking about the families of my you know, my loved ones have lost people that way, and just the, how hard it is. You know, even now, so all I can think of is how. You know, it doesn't end the pain; <clears throat> it transfers
0: it. With um, what what do you each of you do with that kind of trauma when you're processing it? Talk. Yeah, I talk to my parents a lot.
2: Um, because I feel like they were in my shoes, like, you know So I have the privilege, you know, to be able to talk to my parents regularly mm. I think that's an important thing One thing that I, I definitely took for granted in the past mm. Especially when you're a teenager and you're like searching mm. for self mm. But, <clears throat> yeah, being able to talk to somebody you trust mm. You know, a family member Somebody who feels on the level mm. Mm, That means a lot to me mm. I get wasted sometimes.
1: Yeah. That helps. Yeah. Um, but then that brings its own problems. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's not really sustainable. Yeah. So I'm looking for another way to cope. Mm. I'm still figuring that out.
0: Yeah, I can't get wasted anymore because it turned out also I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> uh, but I computer game. Mm. It's, uh, it's like, so, I, in terms of you know, what you're saying, Oscar, of like just getting your brain out. Yeah, like, it's not the
1: way, and I'm yeah. not no. condoning that no, at all. No. You know? I'm not sure yeah. computer games is the way either. I don't Just think being I honest understand. in terms yeah. of addressing what you're yeah. you know, raising.
3: What is the right
0: way? Is there a right way? I don't know. I don't know.
3: Because I feel I've become so good at suppressing. I grew up in a family where we all are very opinionated people and we talk about everything but nothing at all, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Like we speak about very base level emotions and never sort of go any deeper than that and I've learned to sort of detach or disassociate any emotional feeling to anything mm-hmm. to the point where I know it's got one day just gonna regurgitate out of my ass and I'm gonna be sitting in the shower in a puddle <laughs> of my own piss like oh, how did I get here? When I know how I got here. I
0: recommend having chicken yeah. in that
2: moment. <laughs> you know
0: uh, pressing at all.
2: Yeah. I, I, I know what you mean. Ooh. Like I've had uh, conversations with my family because I am the most sensitive child, Mm -hmm. so my emotional intelligence has always been, um, you know, different to my other siblings. Some are a bit more staunch, some are a bit more stubborn. Mm. Um, But I've had those moments of when it just all boils up, Mm. Mm. it's tough, like a lot of, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's hard to understand because you want, like for me. I've always been like a peacemaker, I mm. just want peace. Mm. But it's hard to, I get, sometimes I I get so, uh, not upset, but just, I, I feel the type of way when you see things that other people don't see, mm. and you feel things that other people haven't come to that conclusion yet. Mm. And that can be a very hard thing because at the end of the day, even when you let all of these emotions out, if you're the only one that understands it, you're still alone. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that is a, that's a challenge that a lot of us face, you know, is understanding, even when you understand the emotions, mm. doesn't mean it's fixed just because you can now put words to it. Sometimes it's not, uh, it's not that simple. And I think I've learned that recently, like very recently, mm.
1: Sometimes I reckon language is a, real, is a problem <coughs> because we're having these emotions and these feelings and then we put words to it mm-hmm. and those words mean certain things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think we let the words sink in mm-hmm. where we could just let the emotion pass We mm-hmm. just be with it and go, oh, I'm feeling like this. But in that moment, then we add other we add sentences and mm. we tell ourselves things. Mm. And then those words, are, they're like spells. Mm. Words are like spells. So you've really got to be careful which ones you listen to, because mm. you're talking to yourself all the time. Yeah. Mm. So I think maybe as part of the figuring it out, I, I, I reckon it's being kind to yourself in terms of what you say. And also when people say things, just actually just Pretend the words don't mean anything. Just look at how they, you know? Yeah. yeah. Because the words are always distractions to what's really going on inside your head, right? Mm. Sometimes I think we take that too much on board language, Mm. especially especially because as Pacific people, we have thousands of years of certain worldviews and values Mm. that are part of our DNA. Mm. And we are minorities in a place where that are ruled by a different set of values and yeah. expectations. And so sometimes we, because our second language is English, mm. which is that we're taking those things on. Mm. When, you know, like, for example, the whole thing, are you left-wing or right-wing? Mm. Well, I don't know. I think p- poor people should get fed. Mm. Yeah. I think rich people should pay their taxes. Yeah. I don't know whether that makes me <laughs> ask, what, yeah, what, do. what, what does that even matter? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. I think sometimes people can p- paint themselves into terrible traps mm. with the combinations of words that they let 100% build in defences.
3: Mm.
1: Mm. Absolutely Even the, a sentence like, is it fixed or not? What does that mean? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. How can something be fixed? Yeah, yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> it's just in your head, you're yeah, like, yeah. you know, is that, is that all right now? Well, it feels the same way whether it is or not. Mm. Mm. So sometimes it's kind of freeing yourself from these word traps in the media And in in conversations from people, it's actually just kind of looking at languages, just gobbledygook. Mm. You know, it's like, you know, I mean, Mm. it's, I I once heard a term for uh, language, it's just fancy breathing. Mm.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean,
1: as when we were all in the caves, humans had to learn a way to communicate and tell Mm. us where the, where the berries were, yeah. where the yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. But somehow because we've got so much leisure time, we let ourselves be ruled by words and mm. concepts and ideals and thoughts like what is a salmon? Mm. What makes you a proper Pacific person? What yeah. is a New Zealander? Mm. What what is this what does that even mean? Mm. Do yeah. You just you know? Yeah. And that's, and that's what I mean by culture being thought traps that we just agree to somehow try and live up to. Mm. It's, it's all an agreement.
2: I think a lot of the times we want to live up to it though so we can be accepted. What yes. does that even like, mean? You know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I can tell you for a fact I've always wanted to be accepted by like… But who says you're know? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, but something in my mind has always been like, oh… If I do X Y Z, then I'll be then I'll and be that's a real the game, then I'll be and a real. Culture sandwich. and
1: society yeah. puts on all of us. You live, can they, Oh, cool! You could start school. Or even like, uh, brief,
2: yeah. Are you half Samoan or quarter? Yeah, 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 oh, that yeah man. Me crazy. I'm yeah. Full. yeah, yeah. 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 Can you, just, you speak some? Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? What does
1: that
3: mean?
2: I am. You just you
1: know. And just and it's No one else's business. It's you know. Right. But these yeah, like
2: you say, they're weird. There's these Berries. weird games that
1: we all agree to mean something. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you're something if you can do this.
0: Eating fried chicken in the shower. Can't fit your mates in the shower. Try FaceTime or maybe just phone. How, how are each of you with, speaking up on this conversation, how are each of you with loneliness? Mm, I love it. Me too. Yeah? Me
2: too. I used to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: less
1: stress being by yourself yeah yeah this is my activity for the day i can't do more than one a day yeah (laughs) this is quite a output Mm, the glasses are helping Mm. yeah but this is quite a thing this is this will leave me quite tired yeah and i'll go wow that was cool rewarding and really awesome sharing that energy and really cool meeting those peeps Mm -hmm. but that'll be it for the day Mm. (laughs) my mental health yeah Yeah. i have to
2: yeah but yeah I would, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm like a recluse or anything, but like, I just prefer a uh, small company to no company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's the quality. It's it's quality over quantity. So I I only yeah. have like three friends. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, to be honest, I only have like so. three. Three friends that I really go to outside of, like, my music. Mm. And I have friends for, you know, different areas of my life. But mm. it's very minimal.
1: Because mm. you can't hang out with everyone at once anyway. Exactly. No. So you,
2: you've got to have a few... I can only be present for so much. Mm. Shakespeare
1: yeah. says, Love all, trust a few, do harm to none.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a genius. Mm. I, I think that's right. I, <laughs> I, try to, I, try to, I try to live my life like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. But um, on the topic of loneliness, like, I've always... Prefer to be alone because I think my thoughts are the best, (laughs) you know, like, Um, I've been able to use the cultural pride and confidence that, Mm. you know, Mm. I see in my family members um, to kind of uh, ignite something in me, like, that Mm. that doesn't mind uh, what other people think, like, let let them believe that, but um, I know that no matter, uh, and this is another thing that I had to learn, No matter what anybody has to say to you, at some point in their life, in their day, they have to take a shower, look Mm. in the mirror, and think, why did I say that to him? (laughs) You know, like, if somebody's a dick to you on the road, if you don't react, they have to go home and think about that. Like, (laughs) fuck, why did I just say that to him? Like, I could have just shut my mouth. (laughs) And that's not my problem, that's their problem. Like, I'm not going home and rethinking about all of these things mm. like or oh, mm. whether if someone berated me i'd, I'd rather think about oh, i wonder how that's going to make you feel mm. whenever you feel it sometimes it takes longer but i guarantee you it, it's like going to happen so when you understand that you become mm. a lot better with yourself mm. yeah. so yeah loneliness is awesome yeah. don't be scared of it it's definitely something that you can use to your mm. to you know make you you've you got powerful. to be your best own best company uh-huh. i mean
1: yeah because you're by, with yourself m- most of the, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, you're right? going you know to really enjoy it. We're
2: them. never told that, though. Yeah. We're taught pack mentality. mm Like, especially out west and out south, it's pack mm. mentality. And I meet people, my, some of my friends who, you know, I try to encourage them to let go of that. Like, mm. think for yourself, what do you want to do? Mm. Like, the boys aren't coming with you now. Like, yeah. if you want to go somewhere and are like... You do it because you want to do it, but yeah. don't like, try to drag everyone along because like, mm. it's not always going to be like that. Life's not always going to be like mm. that. So you have to be very
3: sure of yourself and what you want to do. Yeah. I learned to like loneliness. Yeah. I don't think I liked it at first. I grew up. My older siblings are 10 and 11 years older than me, so they were out of the house while I was a kid, and I had to find ways to entertain myself. Yeah. So now that I'm an adult, I find myself still doing those same things that I was doing as a kid to entertain myself and it just so happens to be I'm by myself yeah yeah I think that's the the reason why I like being alone yeah
2: Mm.
0: that's I I'm the oldest by seven years Mm. on my siblings so I had that period of just being by myself and it's the same thing yeah Mm. I wonder if I wonder if that's how we all end up in the um in the arts as well to a degree, it's, yeah. mm. it's just, you spend enough time in your head and you end up getting a good imagination. Well, and it's great stuff. therapy, isn't it, for yeah. kind of figuring all that stuff in your head out. Mm. That's yeah. why it's best out than in. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Um, mm. Guys, final question. Um, and Thank you so much for, for coming down today and sharing food and, and chat and time. Um, I ask this of everyone who, who is a guest in here uh, because it's my safe space. Is there anything that you would like to share in the shower um, before we go. <laughs>
1: nah. <laughs> <laughs> I, only just that I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anything. Mm. Yeah. And I don't, you know, even of all the flash... I might have strung a few flash sentences together, but I don't know. I'm still figuring it out. I think that's all right.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah this mm. is only... Uh, so there's no answers?
2: Right. That, these are only <laughs> yeah. four. This is uh, four people's perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, People I think there's power in that sentence yeah. from a Pacific Island guy in his fifties to be able to say, Who's had a look man, let's just give you some flowers. You've had a great career. You're you are nice. a legend in the arts. And for you to be able to stay there and go, Look, man, I still don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm still figuring out. I think if I'm twenty and and I'm struggling to figure stuff out, yeah. then that's that's cool to hear. Um, you know, that it's it's a journey. There isn't a, mm-hmm. a right, a correct. It's path okay. To learn. To learn. Yeah.
2: yeah. One, mm. one thing I would say, and I say it all the time, I think I'll be saying it when I'm an old man as well, it's like you just have to stay in your own lane. Like, People move at different paces. Yeah. So if you see somebody who's doing something really cool over in this lane, mm. uh, uh, the generation that I'm in now, they tend to want to indi- indicate, you yeah, know? Yeah. But they're in the fast lane. So what happens when you indicate into a lane that's not meant for you? Yeah. You just crash. So know where you're going mm. or at least like you know know that you're on your road you don't mm. have to know where it's going all the time sometimes it helps to have goals and things but it's not necessary i would just say stay in your lane and you you at least won't crash from anybody
3: mm. else's shit mm. um the one thing i think i want to say something that my nana always told me was out of all the Stars in the sky, all the sperms or however you want to look. Like you were the one that came here. So mm. therefore you have a purpose. There is a reason you are here, whatever that reason may be, mm. but
0: there's a reason you're here. Well no, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, guys. Um in the church, Oscar. It's it's been really great convo and I'm I'm glad we could have it. Thank you. Thank you, James. Yep. Eating Fried Chicken in the Showers, produced for RNZ by Charlie Bleakley of Fruit and Nut Productions. The engineer is Ronnie Powick, The executive producers are Justin Gregory and Tim Watkins. You can find this podcast however you just found this podcast. Or if you're listening on the radio, go to RNZ's podcast page and look for the chicken. If you're rating podcasts and you want to rate ours, give us five stars. Remember, more stars, more chicken. If you want to share your comfort food and your mental health safe space with me, then you can tweet me on at James Norkisi. If you're experiencing mental health issues and you're in New Zealand, you can text 1737 or go to the RNZ fried chicken page and we'll have a list of different mental health practitioners that might be able to assist you. If because of the pandemic you're experiencing COVID-related mental health issues, you can go to www.health.govt.nz. Look for the COVID page, and you'll be able to find mental health resources there. Stay safe. Bata lada. Botox
3: Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.